Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Plus Podcast, a part of the WWCU Podcast Network. I am your host, Joel Vélez. God, I miss this. Happy Friday, folks. It's Friday, November 22nd, 2019. And um, the Catamounts are 3-2. and two. They are off to a wonderful start. Oh, yeah. I'm diving right into it tonight. Um, the Catamounts beat Jacksonville last night in double overtime. It was a stellar win. Came back from 22 with less than six minutes remaining. It was a thrilling game. Mason Faulkner balled out just like he has all season. He's been carrying the offense. One thing that I didn't really expect coming into the season was how much Mason Faulkner is, I don't want to say carrying, but carrying the offense. I, I don't have really any other word for it. He's He is the offense. He's the focal point of this offense. And he he's a playmaker. He's a shot maker. And he's great on the boards, too. He's a great all-around player and has been a wonderful gem for Mark Prosser's Catamounts. If you go to the westerncarolinajournalist.com, you'll find my articles on the Catamounts' two home wins against North Carolina A&T and Gardner-Webb. Those were thrilling games. I'm so grateful that I get to cover this team who looks poised for great things this year, especially in those front court seats. I mean, I cannot complain. But, um... But okay, okay, okay. Let me stop gushing about the Catamounts for just one second. I do want to remind you to go follow me on Twitter and Instagram at J-O-E-E-L-V-R for the latest updates on the show. I do want to apologize for being absent. Um, you know, this is still the part-time job, and um, I had to give it a bit of a backseat for class. Class has been pretty demanding, but uh, I'm going to get back to it for as long as I can for the rest of the semester. Obviously, Thanksgiving break's coming up, and after that, finals and then Christmas break, I won't be here for a month. So I will try to get a couple more episodes in before I sign off for the winter. Pretty excited for break, but until then, I will be here with you guys. Please share the show on your social media. When we come back in January, we will be more active I have some interviews lined up, which have me pretty excited. Um, I won't name names, but I will just say the people I will be interviewing next semester will be two wonderful ladies from Granada, España. So you catamounts go take a guess. Um, today on the show, I'm going to be talking with DJ Myers. I talked with him just before the season started. Uh, we discussed his expectations for the season, how he got here to Western, and much more. So stick around for that. After that, I will go a bit more in-depth into the Catamounts. So let's get to it. It's off, and the Lakers have it. They're down by three. They can tie the game with seven, with six. And here's LeBron. LeBron for the tie. All right, so today we're joined by DJ Myers. DJ, thank you for coming. Uh, thank you so much for having me. really appreciate y'all. First off, how did your summer go? Uh, summer was great. Uh, we got out of school around May. Uh, coach gave us a month off. That's always good. And uh, we started <laughs> back uh, workouts uh, July 2nd. And we've been really getting it in since then. How's practice going? You guys gelling good? Uh, yeah, we're gelling really good. Uh, when the freshmen first got here, uh, we, they had to get acclimated to how we do things, but they gelled pretty well with everybody else. And we got a real strong core guy, uh, core unit of guys already. So uh, it didn't take them that long to get accustomed to how we do things. Let's go back to to young DJ. 
was sort of your biggest influence growing up that brought you to basketball? Uh, biggest influence in life or that brought me to basketball? Basketball first. I want to say my cousin, uh, Ryan Crane in mm-hmm. New York. He was really good, and I remember being young, going up there to go watch him play and stuff like that. And I was like, dang, like, he's really, really good. Like, yeah. I hope I could be like him one day when I grow up and just always, like, following in his footsteps and just making sure that I was always around him when he was doing something basketball-related. That just really got me, really got the juices flowing about this basketball thing. Yeah, what about life, though? Uh, life, I had to say my mom, definitely. My mom and my dad, actually, uh, they're really hardworking people uh my mom she doesn't come from the best situation my dad doesn't come from the best situation but you know they always made sure that I was straight and my little brother was straight so just seeing how they like go about their day and how they do things on a daily basis to make sure that I'm straight and that everything is taken care of that really like pushed me to make sure that they're you know that they're taken care of once I'm be able to provide as you went growing up were you more of a college basketball fan or an NBA fan? I know you grew up in Raleigh, right? Uh, Yeah, I grew up in uh, D.C., Virginia area up until I was about nine, and I moved to Raleigh when I was, well, yeah, nine. So, yeah, I think I was more of a... NBA fan growing up, Wizards. most definitely. Uh, you were in the Virginia area? Nah, definitely not Wizards. I was a big, big Allen Iverson fan growing oh, yeah. up. Like, I remember when I was like seven or eight, my mom got me a pair of uh, answers. I thought those were like the coolest things in the world, yeah. so... I was definitely an Allen Iverson fan growing up, and then as I got older, you know, that changed, but yeah, I was definitely an NBA guy. So uh, so you say your cousin uh, was your biggest influence in basketball, and yeah. that pushed you to, to the game. So were you in, like, the AAU circuit growing up? Uh, yeah, growing up, uh, I remember playing on my first AAU team when I was around nine years old. I played for Garner Road, mm-hmm. Bulldogs out of Raleigh, and... Uh, that team, like, we really stuck together. Like, all the guys on that team, like, I still talk to them to this day. Uh, we had a really good team. Like, it was me. Uh, you're probably familiar with Kobe White. Yeah. He played, yeah, he just got drafted. Uh, Thomas Allen, he plays for State right now. Mm-hmm. He just transferred from Nebraska. Uh, there, Thomas, he uh, plays football at State, and he's looking to get drafted in baseball, too. Uh, yeah. Zach Gill. He plays at Carolina. He plays football at Carolina. Uh, Alex Reed, he's actually in our conference. He plays for the Citadel. Uh, Jeremy Robinson is a college basketball player. Like, I want to say we had, out of a team of, like, 10 people, we had nine people play, like, get Division I scholarships to play football and basketball. A lot of good athletes on that team. A lot of good athletes. How do you think that those early experiences of being sort of a student athlete have helped you adapt to college life as a student athlete? Uh, it helped me because, you know, it wasn't really the AAU stuff that really was in the high school. It was more of like my mom because she always stayed on top of me about grades and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I like the way I go about life and like how I go about um just doing my work, making sure I don't get left behind, making sure I'm always ahead of things. That's, like, really can be contributed to my mom. Like, she was, like, always on me since I was, like, kindergarten. Like, mm-hmm. did you do this? Did you do that? Like, it was always, like, what can you do to get ahead? Never, like, a dull moment with her when it comes to academics. So you went through the AAU circuit. You you played for high school, too. I yeah. Assume. Coming out of high school, from what I read, you were touted as, you know, like this prototypical forward. Like, you know, you crash yeah. the boards, you, you get it inside. While I caught up on your game with clips and stats and stuff, that doesn't necessarily give me the whole picture. So if you could tell me or tell the listeners who DJ Myers, the basketball player, is. Uh, I would say a very versatile player. I can play multiple positions, two to three positions, guard multiple positions, up to four positions. Uh, Really working on expanding my outside game. 
uh, I really I had a last year I was more just finding my role, finding out how I can get on the court, you know, stuff like that, doing things, just the little things to get on the court. And I think this year I'm gonna really show guys that I can I'm an offensive threat, and by doing that I feel like we can really take our team to the next level. Because if I show up on a consistent basis, then we're gonna be that much more harder to guard. But as of right now, I think I'm a really skilled guard forward type player. I'm not afraid to get dirty and do the little things yeah. like rebound, dive on the floor, play defense. Yeah. And definitely get the team going. Come with that dog mentality, yeah. get everybody going. What were your college offers or college choices and what kind of pushed you to come to Western? Uh, honestly, I think I had about 12 or 13 schools. It was like Towson, Longwood, Hampton, A&T, had UNCG early, I had here, this was actually my first offer in like ninth mm. grade summer uh, with the old coaching staff. Mm. I had I had up to like nine to 10, I had a lot of schools, but the biggest thing with me was with making my decision, I wanted to have a really good relationship with my coaches and I was originally committed somewhere else, mm -hmm. uh, but the coach got fired. Uh, the school tried to keep my NLI to like three days left in like live period. And like the moment I got my NLI, I remember Coach Sanders texting my phone and he asked how I was doing. He was catching up and I've known Coach Sanders since like 10th grade. He's from Raleigh too. So I was talking to him and it was an easy connection. We haven't talked in a while, but it was cool getting to talk to him again and everything went well. And uh, he told me that Coach Prosser was gonna give me a call later on. So, you know, uh, me being me, I waited by my phone. I was like, dang, I hope he calls, hope he calls. Mm. So when he did call, you know, we had a really good conversation. I think me and Coach Prosser talked for like 35, 40 minutes, long time. That's that's a really long time to be talking to a head coach. So after the conversation, he offered me a scholarship, and uh, him and Coach Rack came up to my workout the next day and uh, watched me play. And, you know, I got to meet Coach Rack. That's my guy. And, yeah, so... It was kind of natural for me. It wasn't really uh, it wasn't really forced. And then I want to say the following weekend I came on my visit, or like two weeks after that I came on my visit. And when I came on my visit, I just fell in love with it. Like the coaches were really cool. Uh, they made me feel at home. Um, it was kind of different being in the mountains. Yeah. Definitely, <laughs> it was really different being in the mountains. But I felt like you know it's nothing I couldn't handle. So I remember committing on my visit. Me and Coach Prosper in the car. On the way back, we just had breakfast on my last day, and I was here with my one of my older brothers. So that was pretty cool. Speaking of Coach Prosser, how do you think your skill set sort of fits his system? Um, I think it fits his system just because, you know, like I said, I'm kind of like a scrappy dude who likes to get everybody going. So I think he likes that a lot. And the way Coach Prosser is, he's a he's a direct coach and he knows that I could take like criticism and I can you know I'm not going to dwell on stuff I'm going like move on to the next thing like yes sir no sir like you tell me something like okay I understand where you're coming from but I can also be like but coach why doesn't this work you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying and he won't take it as being disrespectful he'll be like he'll actually sit down and teach me so I think I fit his skill set like mentally for being tough and coachable and then as a player like I feel like I fit it because you know I can do everything he asks me to do like play defense he need me crash the boards he need me to push it on the break he needs me to score he needs me to play defense like I can do everything he needs me to do and uh, you can see it with some of the guys that we're recruiting we're recruiting big long guys so that's gonna really benefit us like in the pack because you know, that's the defense we play we play in the pack we play in the gaps we yep. like to get out and run so we're getting a lot of long like <laughs> pause <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Pause. We get a lot of athletic guys who like to get out and run and play in the passing lane. So it's going to, in in the next couple of years and starting with this season, we're going to see a big shift in like defensive intensity and, you know, scoring and winning games just off, just off that alone, just wanting to be on the defensive end and make plays. Yeah, because I... I definitely read up on Coach Prosser and what his system would be like. I, I had a hard time finding out about that. I did read up that he was an assistant uh, at, I believe, Wofford. Yeah, Wofford. And they kind of played a run-and-gun offense. Yeah. Is, is that how you guys run the offense more so, or how do you guys Uh, do Yeah, it? no, we got we got a lot of freedom in our offense. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody has a green until you, you know— until you prove that you don't have the green anymore. So mm-hmm. I love that because it makes us that much harder to guard because um, you don't know who's going to shoot it at any point. So, you know, and everybody has full confidence in their game. I feel like I feel like this year more than last year to go out and make plays. Um, we're still learning and getting adjusted to everything. But as far as where we were last year, I feel like we're ahead of the curve on the offensive end and on the defensive end. Well, we just need to tighten the bolts a little bit. Yeah, it's all about gelling like you were saying earlier like gelling as a team definitely for coach Prosser you guys now we'll all be more acclimated yeah what are you most looking forward to this season like what are your expectations expectations are always big you know uh I really don't come into a season with personal goals it's more of a team oriented thing like with me last year like to dwell on last year a little bit more like uh when I came here it wasn't like I'm going to come in here and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. It was more of like a, what do I need to do to win games? What do I need to do to get on the court? What do I need to do to help the team win? It was always a we thing. And that helped me a lot because I got a lot of action last year as a freshman. Like I think I started like 12, 11 games last year. And that's big for a freshman and played a lot of minutes in like key games. So it was just always a we thing. Like we didn't perform like how we wanted to perform sometimes, but I feel like going through that season really helped us. What was the question again? My fault. No, you're fine. <laughs> Just your general feeling on how the season will go. What are your expectations? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. Expectations. First and foremost, I want to go into the season, you know, I just want to I want to win games for sure. That's the biggest thing because we're definitely talented enough. We're definitely size is there. Everything is there. We just got it's on us to win games. Like coaches are gonna put us in the best position possible for us to score, for us to get stops on defense. Like I got full, I got a hundred percent trust in the coaches that they're gonna put us in the right positions. And I was just on us for just to go out there and win. I feel like last year we really didn't know how to win because everybody was new. But this year, like we just got to go out there and win. Yeah, it sounds it sounds easy, but it's hard to do at the college level. Like everybody thinks, like oh, winning, like you like you won so and so many games in high school, like it should be easy. Like no, it's different. Like it's different. But first and foremost, I want to win conference championship. I want to win a regular season championship. I want to make it to the final uh, NCAA tournament. And then after that, like I just want to win out. Like. I know it sounds cliche, but I really think that we can be regular season champs and win a conference. Like, I don't see anybody, any team who's like, we're looking at, we're like, oh, wow, I can't, like, I don't want to play them. Like, nah, it, we're, we're ready for anybody and taking on all challenges. Yeah, you guys are definitely talented. It's all about tightening, you know, the gaps, so yeah. to speak, filling in the gaps. Uh, the SoCon is definitely very competitive. It's up for grabs. Yeah. So if you guys... Yeah, there's no, like, top teams that's like, oh, yeah, they're going to win it every year. It's like a it's like a change. Like, Walford had their last couple of years. UNCG had their last couple of years. Yeah. So I think it's time for somebody else to take the throne and really yeah, win the conference. Yeah, uh, So 
Let's uh, sort of steer away from the serious questions. Do you have any sort of uh, superstition or, like, routine you run, like, before or after games that you just can't go into okay. the court without? Uh, superstition? I used to be really big. Like, I used to stretch, like, you can ask the coaches. Like, I would stretch, like, literally, like, right before, like, tip off mm -hmm. like that would be the biggest thing and then starting lineup routine the biggest thing for me was to always say a prayer right before the starting lineup or right before it tip off mm -hmm. that was always the biggest thing for me like I'm always like real crazy about that like yeah. right before my name gets called or like right before the game starts like I always say a prayer that's just always like gets me going like and ready to play like kind of clear my mind a little bit but nothing too crazy I wouldn't say any, like, crazy superstitions, like... Anybody on the team that have sort of uh, crazier? I think Ano does have some weird stuff he does, but that's yeah. Ano, though. That's my boy. <laughs> I'm sure I'll talk to Ano yeah, about it. Yeah, you definitely got to ask him. I ain't going to leak his secret. Throughout all your basketball career, what has been your biggest holy sh moment? Like crossover, poster, anything like that. Okay, like, okay, Like a disrespectful okay. thing that, like, okay. you just beat them like that. Okay, junior year, uh, my first year at Hartgrave, junior year, I caught two back-to-back -back bodies on the same dude. So first one was a lob. Shout out my boy David Gary. Threw me the lob. Don't know him coming from the baseline. Then, like, I want to say, like, two plays later, like, I came down on the break off two feet dunked on him like super crazy same and guy same guy God. same dude that was probably like the like when I like really knew that I was getting like crazy athletic yeah that's when I was like okay I can do this on a regular basis but yeah and then I have another one too I'm trying to think I'm trying to I'm trying to decide which one I want to say because it's, it's been a lot it's been a lot where I was like damn <laughs> it's yeah, tough just, uh, the first look pops in your head really that was the first one that popped in my head and then ninth grade when I caught my first dunk in the game that Ooh. was crazy I was I was lit it was like uh I want to say like fifth or sixth game ninth grade year like I've been trying to dunk in practice I haven't really been getting it like that getting it sometimes so I got on the passing lane, got a steal, and I was like, I think I'm going to try to dunk this right. joint. Like, I was, <laughs> I was by myself and uh, took off, dunked it. Crowd went crazy. Uh, and good thing my mom was there, too. My dad was there. My mom was there. So I was like, yeah, I'm glad she got to see that in person. Sure. So that was really cool. Out of everyone on the team, who do you think is, like, um like say you're doing a hypothetical arm wrestling tournament or something. Who do you think is the strongest? Oh me. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can get beat in arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I ain't saying nobody else but me. I, I bet you already answered this. Uh, your favorite ball player growing up, Allen Iverson, right? Yeah, definitely Allen Iverson. And then you know, being being from Raleigh and like being around Raleigh growing up, like everybody hears about like John Wall, but mm. like my favorite dude growing up, like in the city, was like a couple guys. It was like Pooby Chapman. You probably don't know who that is. Emmanuel Chapman, that's like that's like my big brother. Dez was mm -hmm. like my big brother. Uh, those guys like that, like they really paved the way for me because like I seen it like firsthand, like their work ethic. Like I was like used to like go to the gym. They used to be playing. I used to be like, yo, they're tough. And then like hang out with them after, and they were like, you know, like what's good, little bro, stuff like that. So that was always cool, like just to be around them because they like I really watched them do it. Like they played professionally. They played like at the highest level. They yeah. made it to the NCAA tournament. Like. They did all that, and they're, like, from where I'm from. So that was cool. Who you're running with 2K this year? Like, you got 2K? You yeah, got I got 2K? it. 
Who am I running with? Yeah. Like, oh, easy. I'm running with uh, Houston. Yeah? Yeah, easy. <laughs> I mean, that, Rus- that Westbrook-Harden yeah. combo is going to yeah. be Yeah, Westbrook and Harden all day. Even every 2K from when Harden got to the Rockies, I've been rocking with Houston. Harden's nasty. Yeah, Harden's too dirty on 2K. Last question. Settle the score. And I'm going to be asking this to every single player that I interview, Coach Ewan. Okay. Who's the GOAT? The GOAT? Yeah. Ah... Put you on the spot. Who is the GOAT? I'm going to have to go LeBron, yo. Yeah. LeBron's a GOAT. Damn. LeBron, <laughs> Lil, I'm sorry. Like, guys before me, like, old heads. I was talking about Jordan this, Jordan that. Nah, LeBron got it. LeBron got it. I mean, he's he's on track to pass Kareem, man. Yeah, that's that's like, something else. On, yo. Size, speed, skill. He's been doing it since he's been, like, 17, yo. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Anything you want to plug before we head out? Uh, nah, I'm good. Just thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And everybody who's listening, y'all make sure to come out to some games this year. We're definitely going to be nasty and fun to watch. All right, you heard DJ. Let's pop out to Catamount Basketball. Yes, DJ, sir. thank you for coming. Appreciate you. Morant trying to get a long counter for the win. He got it! Memphis wins it! All right, that was DJ Myers, guys. Hope you enjoyed that interview. I'm going to talk about the Catamounts real quick. Um, yes, this is my first year uh, just covering a theme period, and uh, maybe it's just the newness of it all, but I love this team. This team is really fun. This team is really fun to watch. This team has it all. You know, they they shoot just well enough from three to make it interesting. The pack defense that they play is sometimes very frustrating, but it's sometimes excellent and really well executed and gets a lot of stops and you gotta give Mark Prosser props for that you know he's really stuck to his guns on that defense and uh, for better or worse it's you know it's making progress and it's and it's given results already as I said in the intro the Catamounts are three and two right now they lost their season opener against Georgia they were close up until the I want to say six minute mark but don't quote me on that it was then they won two straight at home, Gardner-Webb and A&T. Then they went to Florida State, and that was a really close game. It was a heartbreaker. Um, I really fell for the guys that time because they really played their hearts out. I know Mark Prosser sure thinks so. He tweeted out, quote, I don't know a lot, but I do know this. I have never been more proud of a group of young men than I am right now. I have never been more proud to be a basketball coach and the coach of WCU MBB. Our kids fought their hearts out. Stick with us, Catamount Nation. That tweet, of course, did not age incredibly well because last night it was probably the most entertaining game of the season for the Catamounts thus far. They squeaked by Jacksonville 96-94 in double overtime. It was, it was exhilarating. It was very frustrating watching them in the first half be down, making you know stupid mistakes like turnovers. But for them to rally back really shows grit and determination, something you didn't see from past Western teams, from what I've gathered. And just that effort that they're putting out every night on the court, regardless of if Mason Faulkner is leading the offense, Carlos Dotson being a steady source of offense and rebounding, and guys like Xavier Cork off the bench, and freshman Trayvon McRae, who has been solid, to start the season 
regardless of all that, you got these guys playing their hearts out, playing for a coach they like and believe in. Really, I don't have any complaints. Sure, this team isn't perfect. Like, I'm pretty sure their tallest guy is 6'8", and that's no good whenever they... Like, even against A&T, who they blew out, you could see the need for a, a legit 6'11", 7-footer out there on the court. Rebounding felt closer than maybe it actually was, but uh, they get killed inside sometimes. And they're still kind of sloppy with regards to the turnovers. They are really pass-happy. They're really three-happy, and that could come back to bite them if they don't keep drilling those, which eventually, cold spells come. This is not the 73-9 and Warriors, but this is a really fun team. This is a really determined team. This is a team who I have the pleasure of covering for this podcast and for the WesternCarolinaJournalist.com, where you can check the articles that I'll be writing throughout the season, and I already wrote a couple. Their next game is at Stetson on Sunday, and we'll see how that goes for them. But thinking back to the interviews with, with Dotson and with Elks and with Myers, these guys all have a clear picture of what they want. They want to get far in the Southern Conference tournament. They want to eventually get to the NCAA tournament. And when a team has those goals set, man, the sky's the limit. And, you know, coming into the season, I didn't really think that I would be all in on this team the way I am. But I got to say, I am all in. Shut up, take my money, even though I'm not paying for admission. Shut up, take my money. And anybody who's listening that can come out to the home games, please come out to the home games. The few people that go currently give a great atmosphere. But Lord knows, if every one of you that listens comes out, you out there listening in Silva, in uh, the larger Jackson County and surrounding areas, Asheville, come out to the games. Support your catamounts. The Catamounts are a fun team here on the mountains that I believe, if you give them a chance, will not disappoint you. But that's just my two cents, guys. I appreciate you tuning in to the Sports Plus podcast, a part of the WWCU Podcast Network. I will be more consistent the rest of the way, so please keep tuning in. If you like what you hear, please share the show, spread the word, and uh, watch out for some of those radio promos on WWCU Radio. I um I'm very proud of those. I um you know, it's been a heck of a journey to get here, even if it's just, you know, me freshman in college doing this podcast that, you know, maybe nobody listens to, maybe some do. But to get to where I am today, I've nothing to do but say thank you to anyone that's helped me along the way and to you the listener. That is it for me, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in.